0: You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL Podcast. I'm Oz Davis. I'm the co-host of the show. And joining me, as always, is Joe Pritchard. Joe. Got a question for you on a scale of follow police to Montreal fans. How are you doing this week?
1: Well, the Bombers beat the Riders, so well, I'm doing better than that. Yeah, <laughs> no Never gets old. It just <laughs> <work>. <laughs> No, it
0: doesn't. And uh, yeah, the Riders, sure enough, put up probably their worst performance of the four. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, just had another couple of questions for you before we could really get into things. You know, I go to the CFL official website and I see all of this stuff about Thanksgiving. I don't know. We haven't even had Halloween yet. What is this Thanksgiving? Bill?
1: What's going on? They're smarter than we are. Well, <laughs> in, in some ways they are because they take a Monday off because right. Mondays suck. Right. However, we tend to get two days off with our Thursdays. Then 80% of the world, 80% of the country takes off the next day, too. So
0: I kind of question the wisdom a little bit of not so much that Monday for Canadian Thanksgiving, which is excellent. Um, but I do question the putting a game on Monday. I mean, I guess it's during the day, so that's okay. But you know, I've been lobbying for years about. I mean, you really, Super Bowl Monday should really be a holiday. It really, really should. Either that or, and I know this is antithetical to American football, put it on Saturday. You know, you want the day off afterwards, especially if you're like me and you, you can lose a lot of money gambling. You know, you want to like, you know, be by yourself the next day and feel sorry for yourself. So I, I question the wisdom of the Monday. Um, especially for Americans who have to work on Monday anyway.
1: But other than that, plan uh, ahead, take the day off.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean
1: it's a fe- it's a federal holiday at this point anyway, right. <laughs> we call it something much much less PC, but <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, that's true. No actually mo- most places now it's indigenous people Day. Right?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, in some places they've made that change, yes. Yeah. yes. I know it is a California course. So all <laughs> that I need curve. now is to get a federal <laughs> job and I'm all set. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> nobody right. else takes it off just, just to let you guys all know.
0: Uh, the schools do, right? Yeah, Some do. Uh, yeah, the school, the public schools out here do cool. Uh Right, okay. So one more question. Uh, the CFL this year is doing a thing where they're making the most outstanding player voting. And I guess, I don't know, just other Awards voted public. I don't know the details on that. Do you like like what percentage do the fans count? Is the fans' no. prize a special one? Okay. Uh,
1: no, I mean over the years of this show, you should know that awards don't really light my trick. Yeah, up. that's right.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm asking the wrong person here, but yeah, yeah. I thought it was worth a shot. Maybe you knew something.
1: Um, oh dear, press... you thinking I know something? That's scary. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm going to press ahead with this one anyway. Um, They're offering a ballot with various uh, awards you can fill out. Uh, Of course, MOP, uh, top offensive lineman, top defensive lineman, uh, top punter and kicker, which I thought was really interesting. And really keeping with the spirit of kickers are people too. Uh, But I saw a, a couple of ballots which led me to the bit online about this and for example I mean I'm seeing ones with Nathan Work as MOP I mean you know I can kind of see the logic in there but he only played half the season and and Joe again I'm probably asking the wrong person but this is Caleros I mean Zach Caleros is the
1: MOP I can make an argument for Work if you want me to I mean, because he's so valuable to his team. That's not what the award's called. The award's called Most Outstanding okay. Player. Okay. He played not. He played half the season, and he's still top three in passing all this, all the way this far into the season. So there's your argument for Rourke
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm not going right. to make
1: an argument for Kalars because everybody knows that uh, I'm a died-in-the-wool Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan, and if I make that <laughs> argument, well homer right okay yeah i mean i like i I like clarus as the MOP, but i also not gonna cry if they say give it to work because he had a he had a really good half season and who knows maybe he'll be back by the end maybe i'll get to add, add to those numbers
0: yeah but isn't that what most outstanding canadian is for I mean like like I wouldn't have any problem giving him that for sure. I don't know. I just I just feel like I don't know. I feel like you should be there the whole season. And and the thing is if Caleros puts up, you know, eighteen games worth of you know quality play, which he mostly might have the one-off
1: game. And the numbers have been creeping upwards all season. Too. Yeah,
0: I mean I mean it's like how can you not? I mean he played he played well for twice as many games as Burke. So I'm kind of inclined to to, to give it to him. I, I mean, maybe it's an American thing, you know, we love a winner and all that, but uh still I was thinking that. Um, how about this though? Eastern MOP. Eugene Lewis, isn't it?
1: I don't know who else it could be.
0: Right. Okay, great. Yeah, because I, I wanted that Homer uh pick there. He was uh, the first to hit a thousand yards receiving, he's only got I think I want to say six. That sounds maybe eight this year, so not a lot of scoring, but absolutely dominant in terms of we need a play, we need some yards. Hey, let's go to Eugene Lewis, and, and everybody, everybody
1: knows. knows you're going right. to Eugene Lewis, and it right. and they still make the play.
0: Right, it's it's the Randy Moss uh, Cooper Cup effect. You know, they they know. But there's nothing you can do to stop him, you know. which is, to me, what has made him most outstanding, at least from East this year, uh, even if I am Homer there. Um, let's talk last week's games. Uh, we have a second receiver going for 1,000 yards. This is Dalton Chen, who had another uh, outstanding game, 125 yards receiving, and one touchdown is 11th of the year. He's leading the CFL in that category as well. Um, great game for the Bombers. Winnipeg Blue Bombers thirty-one, Saskatchewan Rough Riders thirteen. As I alluded to earlier, uh, this is probably the worst Riders performance of the four games against Winnipeg, as the downward slide continues. Uh, you want to take a bit of a of a victory lap
1: here, Joe? Mm, I don't even know if you call that the worst. I'm still there too, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, that was not. Nice.
1: And the there writers you. were in this <laughs> until they were down on a touchdown, driving in Winnipeg territory, have a third and third and reasonable, and decide to take three instead of taking a shot to tie the game. At that point, the house caved in. Because you make the field goal, the ball goes up to the 40. Two plays later, Winnipeg's up by 11 and the game's right. basically over. Right. Lots of time left, but that was that. The riders didn't didn't come off the mat after that. Yeah,
0: but see, that's the thing. It's like with these bombers, man, you just can't say that you know, they were in this game. Well, yeah, but we, we haven't even played the fourth yet. <laughs> you know, and you know the bombers are going to take over. I mean, that's their quarter. Actually, all,
1: all, but, all but one game this year. Right, right, pretty much, pretty much, and you know, well, yeah, two, that... but they weren't they weren't in the Hamilton game at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the Hamilton
0: game is the outlier for the year. The Alouettes <laughs> game took again, that took everything we had, uh, and outstanding performance by Lewis to, to win that game. Um, in any case, okay, so Bomber's still on the up, Ryder's still on the down, BC Lions 34, Ottawa Redblacks not. Was the second game of the week. And okay, I've been rant free about ESPN Plus coverage this year. However, the most pretty, however, the most insane thing happened with this game this week, which was I didn't watch it live. So I go to it the next morning and I click on it and it was giving me this thing that said, this. Game is not available in your region, and I was just like, "What the hell do you mean by that?" And so I tried to put on a VPN and I pretend I was from another country, and then they're like, "Your subscription does not work in this country." So, I, <laughs> so I didn't get to see this
1: game. Uh, I can't imagine many people did, besides BC fans.
0: Well, yeah, and probably Paulo Paulo police's family. Uh, I did want to say this. Uh, once again, Joe calls the demise of the CFL head coach this year. Pop, Paul, off release prior pretty much directly following this game in which the Red black showed next to nothing. Um, and you be, um, you should note, Joe, that uh, not in this game, but in the Alouette's game at halftime, not friend of show, Milt Stiegel, but I believe it was Davis Sanchez, brought up basically the same point you did which is it's not that you're listening to your fan base you know you're not letting the inmates around the asylum but you should at least acknowledge that they exist by saying yes we're we've noticed that Paulo Feliz is not working as head coach here and so we have to let him go at this point uh I guess my burning question for you on this one Joe is um so do we have law police coaching the Alouettes next season? No. Hmm. What, do you, what, do you, what would you guess is his immediate future now? Do you think he's back on the TSN?
1: If he finds another coaching job in the CFL, it's going to be as an OC, and that's going to be his glass ceiling at this point. Because he's had two less than stellar situations that he walked into. And just wasn't able to rectify those situations. Bombers early, early last decade. The first, the first season was 2010, and they were a 500 team. Except they couldn't, could not, in any way, shape, or form, put a game away. So they end up four and fourteen instead of nine and nine, which is what their points differential would indicate. One of the strangest, just strangest. stretches between um, what your points differential says you are and what your record actually is mm. the next year they go to the Grey Cup end up going into BC against the hot BC team they're not winning that game but then the next season just it never they started out they just never really got it together and I honestly I think they, he got a quick hook it wasn't the greatest situation because Winnipeg was going through basically an implosion of who they were. They were, they were first. They were they won the East in, in twenty eleven, and by twenty thirteen they were at the bottom of the league. So mm-hmm. they were hitting the skids at right about the point, right at that point, and that's really not his fault. Mm-hmm. But then he goes into Ottawa, can't turn around it can't turn around a situation where they're at the bottom of the league. They stay at the bottom of the league. You can you can quote circumstances all you want at this point. He's now had two head coaching shots, and neither them panned out all that well. So, wow. I don't think he gets a third. And it's unfortunate because I think he's a good coach. And from everything I could tell, and everything I've heard, he's an awesome human being. Just it didn't work.
0: Paula Police, offensive coordinator, Saskatchewan, Rough Riders. Just that's visualize. That's happened before. Just visualize.
1: <laughs> no, that's happened before. Yeah, hey, have you watched the um the replay of the thirteenth man situation? As much as I have. <laughs> you notice who's throwing his hat. Who's the offensive coordinator? Yeah. Uh huh. That's <laughs> happened before. Going back to are we going back to that next year when they get a new coaching staff?
0: I mean he's he's got he's gonna be
1: if he's
0: still out. If he makes that note, he's gonna be on the top of anybody's list for OC, right?
1: I would I would imagine so if if he still wants a career a career in the CFL, right? I'm sure right. he's gonna get at least one call this offseason with all the coaching changes happening. I don't think he gets a head coaching call again though.
0: Do you think he gets a call from TSN?
1: I'm sure they're on the phone.
0: Because hey, really, if, if
1: there's nothing there, if there's nothing there, I'm
0: sure there's something here. <laughs> Here's a seat. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Right. Okay. And you can. And, and the panel isn't isn't monolithic. They don't have the same people on it every any given night. So there's there's room.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next up was Montreal Alouettes twenty five at Edmonton Elks eighteen. Joe, I'm going to go right to the burn question: Am I wrong to be so pleased with my team, the Alouettes, right now?
1: No, you're not wrong. Great, thank you. Rough start Great. to the season. They did everything they could to get things off uh, off on a uh, to torpedo their season after the first months, but they found a way to they found a way to bal- get, find their balance again. I still, you. I still, I still have my disagreement with pulling the pin on Kari Jones so soon, but Danny Machocha has gotten that situation stabilized now.
0: So soon, <laughs> the guy, who won Coach of the Year two seasons ago. You know, unbelievable how the mighty. And he falls. start
1: he started one and three against a really, really tough schedule, and it should have been yep. two and two if his kicker can make a twenty one yarder.
0: Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just tweeted this out the other day. Uh, some Ty Cats fan was lamenting. He's like, "Can we either just start this season over or go to the next one?" And I was like, "No way. Are we going to start the season over? I can't go through that first four weeks again as an Alouettes fan. I don't. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> it looked like we were we were going to lose every game at the buzzer there yep. in that early going. Nope. They found their feet. I oh yeah." Oh, we're hot. I think, we're I think the hottest so. team right
1: now. I think we're some the of their, team. I think some of their problems early on were self-inflicted. A lot of them were, but they've stopped doing that.
0: Yep, <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And we're still waiting on William Um <laughs> uh, No, seriously, I, I really believe the Alouettes are the hottest team in the NFL. We're on a five and one run right now, including a win over the Bombers and two over the Thai Cats. Uh, in this game nine yards per play on first down. That's what we want to see. That's what we want to see. Not an outstanding running game. I mean, we only averaged about five some odd yards per run. A lot better than we have You'll that take, all, you'll take that though. We'll take that. Right. And here's what else we'll take. Here's, here's Trevor Harris's stat line. 14 of 17. For 180 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. That's what we want to see. High accuracy low number of attempts, great, perfect, right? We don't need any gunslinging flinging on the And, again, we're clearly paving the way for, ironically enough, the Kari Jones kind of old, old school kind of football, which is, we're going to give it to the running 55 to 60% of the time, as opposed to, is at least the opposite nowadays. Um, we we might have had, uh, Trevor Harris might have had two touchdowns. I wanted to point out, too, except for that pass interference call on Reggie Wright right at the end of the first half. Um, and, you know, just wanted to say kudos to Tyrese Beverett. First interception, first interception in the CFL, returns at 100 yards for the touchdown. pick six and was the difference maker. Now, only scored eight points in the second half, but we'll take it. I, I like the defense shutting them out. I mean, let up zero. You can't do much better than that. Uh, again, got to say, the Alouettes are peaking at the right time. I am really getting optimistic here with just four regular season games left. Uh, good time to get hot. We might yet win the East. On the table. Yep. Go, it sure go, is. go get it. Yep. Didn't think I'd be saying that at one and three. Uh, right. Finished off the league with an excellent score. Calgary Stampeders 29 at Toronto Argonauts 2. Love that when a team scores 2. The only way that would be better is if there were two Bruges, but the Argos could not manage a single Bruges in this game. Um,
1: Actually, I thought, they had, I thought they had two. Oh,
0: did they? I thought it was a safety.
1: Nope. I, I want to say remember. it was... Yep. They, they led one to nothing.
0: Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. That's... I'm totally off my rocker here. I just wanted to say that peaking peaking at the right time here. Another team is is Calgary. Calgary is probably the second hottest team here, technically right now. They're on a four and one run, or if you'd rather, they're on a nine and zero run (laughs) against any team not named the Bombers and Lions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their last four wins, but but here's the thing too is that. They seem to be finally putting teams away, the the teams that they are beating. Uh, Their last four wins have gone 8, 28, 14, and now this 27. So they're finally starting to look a bit more like the stamps of old in that respect. Uh, Also, you know, here here they are facing a team coming off a 30-point win, and they basically shut them out. Um, and this is a game where Calgary dominated and they went two full quarters without scoring a single point. So, really, though you could argue that this isn't the best game played by their offense, that they might have left some points on the table, that this is the kind of stamp's ball you want to see.
1: Yep. But uh, yeah. And they had it together on Saturday. Uh, but my question is who do they have to get through to get to the gray cup again? <laughs> that wasn't well, fair. That was. Well, nice. <laughs> well, I mean, I not mean, to say they're not capable. It's just, they haven't yet.
0: I guess the stamps are hoping that this herky jerky bye week game, bye week game, bye week game that, they're, that the, they're, uh, bombers are locked into now is going to screw with their rhythm because that's that's probably their best hope at this point. I do think that uh, Stamps, and I think a lot of CFL fandom believes that the Stamps are going to get that number two spot and that they're going to win that game against BC. Uh, so, I don't know, Joe, um, if the season ends today, are you really like a hundred percent confident that the bombers are gonna be on that west side.
1: More so than I would be able to say that no, they're gonna blow the West Final. <laughs> really.
0: Okay. All right, so so what would you say you're about ninety eight percent?
1: I feel better about them winning than I would about trying to pick against them. How about that?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, that's rational. Uh, don't wait wait till we see where the line is
0: um the Argos have got to be disappointed they're coming off a 30-point win for Ottawa they're on a four game winning streak and then again and then they
1: just lay an egg
0: right they're losing by four touchdowns to a team that doesn't score two quarters that doesn't score an half a game right so I don't know I guess my question for you on this one does the Ottawa win and then this loss? Imply that Toronto is a second-tier team, or just that Calgary is that
1: Ask me next week. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. That I, I, awesome. don't wanna, I don't
1: want to. I don't want to bury them after one loss, mm-hmm. especially after four wins, and they get a chance to answer against the Western team coming into Toronto next week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we will see if it's a tier issue or if they just happen to lay their worst performance out. And I guess we'll have to see how that goes. I I, well, I honestly couldn't tell you right now.
0: Well, the thing is, like, folks have been talking about Bethel Thompson all year as though he's a second-string quarterback masking as a first-string quarterback. And I really felt that this That's game... Wrong. <laughs> Well, I really felt that this game sort of exposed what I was talking about last week, which is that this dink and dunk stuff isn't going to cut it. I mean, the longest play the Argos uh, managed in this game was 23 yards. I mean, your quarterbacks are going, what is it, 20 of 43, for 201 yards? That's significantly less than five yards per attempt. I mean, that's just not going to cut it. In the CFL, five yards per attempt. That's not going to. That's that's this is not you you can't you buy all something.
1: And no, old, It was it wasn't a good performance at all. No, no. But again, they had we'll see four they wins do. right before that. Yep. So yep. I don't want to pull I don't want to bury them after one dismal performance.
0: Okay. Can I can I put in another asterisk here? Four sure. wins against Hamilton and and yet four in a row four wins right <laughs> okay okay and and we've seen we've seen how hard back-to-backs so, right. okay
1: Right. i guess i'm just that's gonna i'm just kind of gonna go it i it could it, it could just be as simple as they just didn't have it yep. i don't want to put them away yet now if they do the same thing next week again it's bc then you start thinking oh, okay there's a glass ceiling there for, for them
0: yeah, Montreal's gonna sneak in that first place. Um, okay, let's see. Okay, going into next week, most teams have four games. Some of them have three. Well, oh, actually, four teams in the West. Have. So, about half the teams have four games. But, um, what do you got for playoff scenarios?
1: I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> the-
0: you know, I'm gonna ask halfway through. The story.
1: Of course. <laughs> All right, so we can have some eliminations happen this week. Yes, we can. Sadly. Starting out West, a Winnipeg win and a BC loss would clinch Winnipeg first place in the West division, and they'd host the West final. That would be over and done with. I do want to point out, however, that BC does have their own destiny in their hands. They do have two with Winnipeg if they win out that would mean they would beat Winnipeg twice and they would own the tiebreaker so they would finish 14 and 4 and Winnipeg could finish no better than 14 and 4 if BC wins out wow so BC wow. has their own destiny in their hands however one slip and it's over <laughs> Well, maybe not officially. They could lose. Winnipeg could lose, and they they could still. But I'm not going to. I wouldn't sit here and go. Go ahead and lose. You have more chances. Because you might not. Is that the only one on the board? That is the one that could decide seeding in the West. Okay. An Edmonton loss or Saskatchewan win eliminates Edmonton for playoff contention. Because Edmonton couldn't catch Saskatchewan. If you're a fifth place team, you cannot cross over no matter yeah. what. Yeah. That yeah. ends that. Yeah. Now, out east, Montreal could clinch a home playoff date with a win. Yeah. Which means they host they're hosting at least the semi, if not the east final, because that's to be determined. An Ottawa loss and a Saskatchewan win eliminates Ottawa because an Ottawa couldn't catch Saskatchewan
0: right
1: okay okay that is what we have on the board as far as what could be finalized of course more these matchups have more to do with with the playoffs than that but these are the things that could be finalized this week
0: right yeah i was um you you i i figured that this was going to bleed over into uh what I wanted to do real quick was I'm still chasing my dream scenario of both the Ticats and the Riders missing the playoffs. Uh, it's still in play, but it requires the Elks to win out and the Riders to lose out. Because the best that the Edmonton can do is 7-11, and 11 and the Riders have you know, 2-0 over the Elks.
1: So... And you're not gonna and you're not gonna root for Ottawa to do that because that means they knock Montreal out of the East chase pretty much. (laughs) So
0: well, I mean, okay. The other thing is the other thing that would have to happen along with the Elks winning out and the Riders losing out, which I'm not saying. Well, yeah, it's kind of impossible. That first thing is kind of impossible. Uh, The other thing that has to happen is the Tie Cats going win two games. Now, since one of those has to be against the Riders, that means they would have to split with Ottawa, and I don't think Ottawa is splitting with anyone
1: uh You never know, season. though. Every so often a team gets an interim coach and just turns on yeah. the yeah. afterburners yeah. and goes, yeah. Yeah. and goes, screw the rest of the league. We're just going to yeah. be the best team in the league for the next month, even though we're out of it. Yeah,
0: This is what's going to make Ottawa and Edmonton very dangerous coach, because Edmonton actually looks better now that they have all year.
1: Right. Right. Now they're finally. This is exactly what we've been talking about all year. Right. This was Chris Jones' extended preseason. He's starting to find some pieces he likes. Therefore, they're starting to get better.
0: If they had one more win, if they had beaten the Riders just once, they'd still be viable instead of just this bizarre, like, you know, Thousand to one shot. Now you need pass. everything to go right. Right. Which never right. happens. Yeah. So close. So close. Too bad. Too bad for them. But, man, I was just saying this year, hey, the Elks are going to be forced next year. They, they could
1: be They're going to be the sexy there. pick to finish like yeah. second next year. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They are. Oh, yeah. They
1: are. Mm-hmm. Um. Right. Okay.
0: Let's talk about next week's games that we're starting it. Here we go. Here's the key for that last playoff spot. Uh, the riders are two and a half point underdogs at Hamilton. Um, now, as far as I see it, this is the must this is a must win for Cat. right? I mean, I mean, the uh, seeing as how the Elks have the Bombers this the riders could lose, this. they could afford to lose this game. Um, and and they'd still be a game up, I believe, on the Taika, right? Or a half a game.
1: They would be, they're six and nine, so they drop to six and 10. Edmonton would be five yeah. and 10. It'd be a half right. game. Yeah. yeah. Half game in that scenario. Yes.
0: Right. And, and needing Hamilton to win more games. Now, you got to figure Hamilton would win one of those games over Ottawa. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't exactly be good, for the riders to win, but they could afford it.
1: Hamilton loses. I mean, that's it's over. Yeah. 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 Cause then when, it, cause then Saskatchewan would be seven and nine. Good finish no worse than seven and eleven. Mm-hmm. Hamilton would be four and eleven and would need to win out. And oh, the schedule okay. would have to lose out. Okay. So for all intents and purposes, it'd be over. It wouldn't officially really? be over. It wasn't on our playoff scenario. So Great.
0: now in week one, of course, the uh, another weird scheduling. The riders beat the Tigers 30 13, and it's weird because the personnel hasn't really changed too much on these teams. But it seems the riders are in a much different place than they were in week one. So I don't know what to make of this game, Joe. Do you think that uh, Hamilton has enough to, to play with a, a more talented but obviously feeling riders team?
1: I don't see it. I I just don't. Okay, so they, this is it, then. they pulled. Congress. They pulled. They pulled a rabbit out of the hat a couple weeks ago and just blew the doors off the bombers. But right. I don't see them doing that again. They had a chance to make themselves a, uh, an actual player in the Eastern playoff race, and they blew their opportunity last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't see them coming back from that. I think it's just. I think they're done.
0: Now they're playing out the string.
1: Yeah. They haven't officially they, they haven't folded up the tents. They haven't they're not trying trying out all sorts of weird, weird different combinations, see what they have for next year or anything like that yet. But they're gonna be in two weeks.
0: Okay, now remember Joe's not giving advice, but some people are saying riders plus two and a half. All right. BC Lions, one and the half point underdogs at Toronto. Really interesting. Sportsbooks apparently do not trust, <laughs> do not trust Vernon Adams. They don't trust the early game in an early time zone factor. Uh, now the Argos are only four and three at home this season. Uh, however, two of those losses were to Winnipeg and BC. So I guess you can put some asterisk here. Although here's BC again, so. Yeah, that's not exactly. Plus, uh, like we said before, they were on a four-game winning streak against Eastern teams, and that got snapped. Now they have this game. their Argos do. Then they're at Edmonton, who will be playing either desperate to stay in the race or really lose because, you know, Chris Jones just wants to have a little bit of fun before the end of the season. And then they've got the home-and-home home against the Al. So, this kind of feels like a must win for Toronto. BC seems to have a heck of a lot of talent, but the mercurial Vernon Adams is driving this bus. So, this is basically a pick 'em, Joe. Where'd you go on CFL pick 'em? Basically?
1: This one, I had to sit there, just kind of go, <laughs> right? What, What do I do here? Right. I think it's BC.
0: Wow. I okay. think they
1: can. I think they're going to start picking up some steam, picking up some momentum heading toward the playoffs. They're not going to give Winnipeg an easy out. This Winnipeg's would... going to have to going to have to take take them out to win the West instead of just sitting there and go and go. Okay, mm. we're done. We're, we've won the West. They're not going. Winnipeg's going to have to go win the West against BC because I don't think BC's just going to have it to them. I
0: mean, this, now this would
1: literally be Vernon Adams' first back-to-back win since, like,
0: the first half of the 2020 season. So, literally the first time he's done that. So, you know, I guess that's what you're looking at. Um, you know, again, I didn't really see the last game, so I can't talk about the eye test, but just given a track record, you can pick BC, but you're not going to feel good about it. So... As no, a, but a, I could
1: also pick Toronto and not feel good about it either.
0: Okay. Oh yeah. Oh
1: sure. Yeah. So I was I, yeah, yeah as, I I I want to see Toronto bounce back before I'm gonna feel comfortable with right. them again.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Even so. if they bounce back and have a close a close loss in a really tightly contested game this week, I'll feel like okay. Sure. They had the one bad one. They faced a really tough opponent. They gave them a game. Let's see who wins these now. Yeah,
0: if they if they lose emphatically in this game, that's a bad sign. Mm. That's a bad sign because again, I just talked about that that upcoming schedule, and that's three losable games after this. So, um, especially in that last game, where you could have the elves and and Toronto at 9-7, both, and both, you know, fighting for that home um, field. Um, right, okay, now, this one's going to be a tough sell, Joe. We've got Edmonton Elks plus 13, <laughs> so 13 point I've done at Winnipeg. Okay, now, my contention is that the Elks will keep it within two touchdowns. I, I would think... agree. Okay, okay, great. Yeah, because my feeling was is that at this time of the season, this point spread is too low. Uh the Elks have given almost everybody in the last two-thirds of the season a game, except for BC. For some reason,
1: they just don't match up BC well, has their number. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. They just can't do We've anything seen that. with those that's
0: receivers. Clear. Yeah, yep. that. If they can't do anything with that secondary against those receivers. That's a mismatch. However, every other team they've given.
1: And Winnipeg the bombers, too.
0: the bombers, yeah, exactly. Yeah, one score game. And the bombers and, and, have and
1: not Ed- been Edmonton dominated that game. Yeah, they sure did. They just they couldn't, they couldn't was, finish. They couldn't finish it off. That was one of the better
0: games uh Winnipeg saw this year.
1: For if sure. I remember correctly, Winnipeg had like one drive that was worth a damn at all. Right. And that was the one that put the game away. Because right. they kept they had a couple of big yeah. plays yeah. to get them points, and then Edmonton just Mm-hmm. Up and down the field, up and down the field, yeah. just not punching it in. Yeah, and then Winnipeg had the one drive to wipe it out.
0: Yep. Let's see again. Again, that's why you got to rethink that. Was that a closed game? When no, that Bombers are just to close it out like this. Um, yeah, I think I think they're gonna give them a game again. I'm going Bombers win. I'll just probably cover that 13. But they're over yeah. under 50.
1: No. That's a 30. 30- Edmonton's a better team than they were even a month ago. Yeah. That yeah. Definitely better than two months ago, really a lot better than three months ago.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, for one thing, they know where their quarterback is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Their quarterback can get comfortable. He's finding targets. He's using a lot of receivers out there now. It's great. It's great. It's really nice. I mean, I guess not if you're not an Elks fan. <laughs> it's not great, but if you're an Elks fan, it's great. I mean, you're not going to do anything this year, but, hey, next year, wow. Wow, you're stoked. You're already asking, is it due yet? <laughs> You're an Elks fan. Um All right. Last one. There's the Monday night game. This is 10 a.m. Pacific time. God, this is almost as good as those NFL London games, which start at like 6 30 Pacific time. This is fantastic stuff. Okay. Ottawa Red Black, six and a half point underdogs at Montreal. Okay. I am scared. Okay, because again, like the interim coach factor. I don't like the interim coach factor. I don't like the quarterback who came in for like seven snaps the last game and now is starting this game. I don't like that. There's just not enough information out there. They can throw anything out there. Um, the coach is gonna look at these personnel and look at what's happened so far with. La lot police's rather unimaginative game plans, <laughs> to be honest, um, haven't been very interested in what they've been doing this year in terms of look. So in that respect, I'm kind of scared. However, I'm sticking to my guns here and saying that the Al's are the hottest team in the CFL right now, and I don't think that they're going to be stopped by the Red Blacks. However, I wouldn't be surprised to see it with it.
1: You haven't yet gained confidence in your team.
0: I don't, I, mean. I don't want to get caught. I don't want to get caught. We're only 500. Right? <laughs> you know.
1: Right. I mean, yeah. We're... If you were confident in your team, you're saying this is our game and we're taking it. And they could throw whatever they wanted at us and we'll find the answer. Yeah. That's I... the answer if you're confident in your team.
0: Okay. I'm just not sure Trevor Harris has that. And that's right? fine. And that's if fine. You, it's it's if, definitely it's
1: fine not to not to feel confident in your team, right? Especially since what from what they've gone through. Yeah, I, I'm going to be interested to see how Bob Dice runs things because I think this is his second crack as being an interim head coach. for I want to say, and and, he, and from everything I've heard and and read about him, it sounds like he'd be great to see him actually get a full fledged shot at this. He's one of the more uh, loved coaches around the league. It'd be great to see him pull off a couple of these and show what he can do as the head man. Uh, I don't think it's this week. I can see him pulling off one or two at, uh, by the end of the season, though, especially since I think they finished Hamilton-Hamilton, don't they? Yes.
0: Yes. That's the I think to
1: get yeah. one of those then.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those back-to-backs are tough to sweep. So, yeah, I would definitely take it in one of those games. Um, I mean, that's for me. That's what I have my notes here. Um, Ottawa has the element of surprise. They have 10 days, which is also a plus. On the other, other hand, you know, this is the first time I think I'll not including the bye weeks, that the Alouettes have had this many games. I mean, almost always we're the first game of the week. This is, this is the first time this year we've been the last game. And, of course, you know, this is the first time we've played on Monday all season. So, you know, that's going to work in our favor, too. Plus, William Standback, we still don't know. Last Wednesday, uh, the news, the actual news, not just the official website, CFL.ca, but the actual news in Canada was reporting that Standback is back in practice, okay? And he's doing, like, proper full practice, okay? But... I haven't seen a damn thing since then. I haven't seen a damn thing since then. CFL.ca was hinting today that he might be back, but you know, here we are on Wednesday. We're five days out from this game. Now,
1: and, and, and I do want to make mention, too, that they had the rematch of this on the Friday. They literally have three days rest in between games, which is complete bullshit. <laughs> I understand you want to have a Thanksgiving game because holiday. Great. But then play them on Saturday. By yeah. the way, go do a triple header. Be freaking yeah. out. To, but don't do that
0: at this point in the season. Yeah. A triple header would welcome, especially if the games are relevant. Right. Which of uh, quite a few games in the CFL still are, especially on the Eastern side. Right. So why not? Why not the triple Um, uh, But yeah, good point. Yeah. That, that game next week is going to be a bit mature. Um, I'll tell you right now, if I knew Standback was playing, I, I I would take the minus minusless points. Because I think here too, uh whenever Standback makes that debut, they're not gonna be ready for it. If he's ready to play, he's gonna have an excellent first game. Uh and again,
1: this is really making
0: me feel good about this team going into the playoffs. If I would say is if you play.
1: had the choice. You wait them. We we sit them one more week. Sure. Bring him back. Yep. Yep. Bring him back fresh yep. on the fourteenth, with everybody else having three days rest.
0: Yep. Again, of course, because against Ottawa, who cares? It's the Toronto game. It's the Toronto games.
1: No, bring, bring him back for the second Ottawa game. Right. But when everybody on both teams is going to be gassed from, from three days right. ago.
0: Exactly. Exactly. We've got so few backs back there. You know, on tweet and whatnot. <laughs> you know, that they'll get their 18 carries or whatever in this game. But, yeah, that's a great idea, Joe. I hope somebody's listening to this podcast out here because that would be the way to play stand back, I think. Um, In any case, yeah, I'd probably go Alouette's win, Red Black's cup, a touchdown in this game. All right, Joe, Uh, what do you got for us to close with? Any words of wisdom?
1: Oh, besides giving Montreal a game plan for week for the game on the fourteenth, <laughs> I don't know I if I have all that much more to contribute. <laughs>
0: right. All right, well, hey, that's enough for my Alice. dude. We're heading heading for the rouge, white, and blue bowl.
1: Yeah, go ahead and sweep this. Good. Oh, speaking <laughs> speaking of that kind of thing, sure. I'm in the fantasy playoffs. How'd you do?
0: Oh. Dude, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? why did you put it like that? I was going to apologize. I was going to be civilized to for letting down the side. Um, yes, but in in fantasy, uh, I did finish in eh, essentially last. Technically second, but essentially last play. I don't think that I played very badly Every week. Uh, In fact, I was kind of surprised at how much parody there was in this league. There was a
1: ridiculous amount of parody.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, how many games did we play? 14 or now 13? 16, I want
1: to say. 16.
0: 16? Oh, wow. Okay. So, essentially, the worst team in the league, 5 and 11? You know, that's not outrageous. That's not outrageously bad. Uh, and you know for a while I was in it <laughs> I was in the running I was never in the top eight but I was in the running there for a little while I was 10th 9th what not uh, but in the end you know talent wins out you know the two and out guys both made it I didn't they're better at this than I am the turf so-
1: district guys were near the top too
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: and the CFC guys
0: but all these guys have done it before right
1: And like, I think this was, I think most of the group was together last year too.
0: Right. Yeah. See, so I'm going to put it on that. Uh, Plus there's the juju because last year I won in what I consider a very tough uh, NFL fantasy league after, you know, not playing for like four or five years. I won. So I was champ. Uh, So, you know, I feel like this is my, this is my payback for that. Coming in as a rookie and, you know, coming in last expansion team, I should, Uh, Wait till next year, you bastards. Go USFL Tech in the Canadian Football Podcast Network Daily Fantasy Sports, Canadian Football League, Fantasy Football League, whatever you want to call it at this point. Good luck, Joe. Who do you have in the first round of playoffs? Number three seed, right? You're number six?
1: Yes, I was number six. Who's three seed? Turf District. Uh no, I don't think it's turf district because okay. I'd be a whole lot more worried. <laughs> no, he's fantastic. Uh I have X's and Argos, which is still worry. Oh, right. I did beat them in week one, I want to say. Week one or two is really early. Um Turf District is the number one seed. They get Brazilian Ty, who snuck into the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, number two, Coop, Ryan Coop from the CF Canadian Football Countdown gets Travis Canadian from two and out. Mm-hmm. X's, Nargos, and me is three and six. And then uh, Superfan Mike and Adam Stewart from CFC are, and are the four and five. So okay. those matchups. And then whoever wins next week and whoever wins. That's
0: There's, all no There's no reason,
1: right? I don't know about that. All I know is I got three three games to win. To, get, to retain my title.
0: That's right. You're the defending champion. So mm-hmm. Good luck, Joe. I mean, look, again, I'm sorry I let that side. Hopefully I can take some lessons in next year. I still It is still my dream for someday to play in a fantasy league where the offensive line is accounted for. Really still hold this grudge against fantasy football. I'm not including the
1: offensive line.
0: Left tackle, is
1: the And punters, best- too. I want punters or singles.
0: Punters would be great. Punters would be great. You could just it would just have to be like you know yards divided by like twenty five or something, so it could only get you like three or four points a game, but that might win you the week. <laughs> that's,
1: and that's you get you and want. you get and you get a point for a single. Oh yeah, well so you CFL. want so you want John Ryan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's your there's your fantasy fantasy football tip for the week via Joe Pritchard. And for Joe Pritchard, I'm Oz Davis, and this is Ben, the CFL podcast. Talk to you next week when the Montreal will be first place. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CFPod Network on Twitter.
1: Yeah, bye. The Montreal,
0: the Montreal, yeah. First place. When the module of first, 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 first,